Today on the show, for our guest, uh, you're going to hear a story about an individual who had everything going for him. You know, coming out of high school, he was going to be going on scholarship at Auburn, massive powerhouse for football in the SEC. But in 2016, he was diagnosed with cancer and his world flipped upside down as now the battle on the gridiron turned into a battle for his life. You're going to hear a story of perseverance, a story of dedication, you know, fighting, continuing to fight. And then you're going to hear how he's been able to overcome other obstacles, such as losing his son. And he continues to fight as he continues to play football for Auburn. This is going to be an amazing interview. You don't want to miss it. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here. Another week, another interview, another amazing story being shared with you guys, and hopefully you guys can find value out of this. Now, we are over four and a half years running with this show. want to give a massive shout out to all the listeners. You guys know I appreciate every single one of you. Um, you've, you've been a big reason why this show has reached over 91 different countries, why it's had over 68,000 downloads, and why we continue to grow and continue to chart in the Apple Podcast charts. We are thankful for every one of you guys. So with that being said, to help with the growth of the show, if you guys have an iPhone, make sure you go to the podcast and leave me a review. The reviews on the podcast help the show grow. I think that's what everybody knows that by now, but but leave a leave a review for the show so that more people can hear the stories of our guests as it continues to move forward here on the show. So today, super inspiring story that we're going to get to know uh, from the man himself. His name is Broderius. He is a tackle at... Auburn and those who are in the Treasure Valley with with me here in, in Boise, Idaho, the Treasure Valley of Idaho, who are listening to this, you know, we got some Auburn ties now because Coach Harson is over there. But now we get to hear from Brodarius. Um, if you don't mind, is it Brodarius Ham? Is that how we pronounce your last name? Yes, sir. Awesome, brother. So Brodarius Ham, senior tackle. So sorry, senior offensive lineman over at uh, Auburn, and we're gonna hear his story. So thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having. Me. Absolutely, brother. So the reason this story is so intriguing for those who have not seen it, um, I came across the story. I, I've seen you play. I'm a massive fan of sports. I cover college football to a very strong degree. I'm a Blitnikoff Award voter, so I do cover it quite extensively. But I did not know your story until I came across it on an Instagram feed of all places. I was like, oh, my gosh, I did not know that. I would never have had any idea. Um, and I found it super inspiring. So I want to go through this real quick. Before we get to the the nitty gritty stuff that went down in 2016, Rodarius, uh, I want to talk about your your football career leading up to that, um, up until your senior year of high school, up until you know things kind of shifted for good and bad. You know what I mean? So I want to hear about your career, your your growing up uh, playing football. Were you always big in stature? Because you're listed at six six three thirty, so you're not necessarily the smallest guy. Like you're a pretty large human being, which is awesome. That's why you were playing in the SEC, but how was football for you growing up, and how long have you been playing for? And just give us some details there. Um, pretty much, I've been playing since I was seven. My dad, you know, signed me up for a rec league. 
uh, you know, my first year ever playing, I, you know, wasn't that good because, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, just pretty much how every kid starts off. And then the second year, I was actually pretty good. And, uh, you know, just kept going from there. And uh, leading up, I played, like, my whole life from, like, seven to now. And, uh, like I said, I just, you know, been pretty good at it. And, you know, I always can get better or something. And uh, I just, like I said, I love the game of football. And, you uh, Going through uh, middle school and high school, I you know, I was pretty good stand out on my team. And uh, in high school, uh, I'm from Griffin, Georgia, so I played at a uh, Spalding High School. Uh, we uh, like my first year we weren't that good. My second year we weren't that good, and then my third year we kind of got better. We went like six and four, and then my senior year we went ten and two. We lost in the second round of the playoffs, but. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much just how my football career went. Uh, I got recruited. I started getting recruited in my ninth grade year. Uh, like I didn't pretty much didn't know what an offer was. Uh, Georgia came in and they offered me, and like I was in PE class with some of my other teammates, and I went back out to PE, you know, to play basketball. And I told him, I said, uh, Georgia just offered me, and I was, he was like, you know what that mean? And I'm honestly, I didn't know what it meant. I was like, no, I said, offer me what? <laughs> And uh, he said, a scholarship. And then I was like, oh, that's what they meant. And then from that day forward, just offers just start rolling in. And I haven't even played a game yet. Like, it's just, like I said, I'm just a kid in PE class playing with my teammates and just playing a little basketball. And that's pretty much how my career took off. Man, that's crazy. Ninth grade, hadn't really been playing. Like, I mean, that's crazy. So I would like to ask for any of the, the younger athletes that might be out there that potentially could be in a similar situation. Maybe they're not getting offers in ninth grade, but maybe they're getting offers as sophomores, juniors, and so forth. They start getting the offers coming in. Um, I'm sure I, once you figured it out, did that put an additional pressure on your shoulders? And if so, like, how did you overcome that? Like, I mean, I'm just wondering, did it put additional pressure knowing that schools were looking at you at such a young age? Um, honestly, it did put a pressure on this because, like I said, I love the game of football and just growing up, in Georgia, you know, every kid wants to play for Georgia, but, uh, you know, just I, I just pretty much embraced it and just, you know, went out there and had fun with my teammates. And when the offer came, I really didn't pay them, you know, too much attention. I was focused on winning and, you know, that's just how, how it was. I dig it. Okay. That, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and obviously you're a high profile athlete. Um, you're getting recruited by, you know, big time schools, big time schools are looking at you. Obviously you're at Auburn right now, but you mentioned Georgia. Um, I, everybody who understands football knows the sec, you know, they're the big dogs. That's, that's what it is. And, um, I mean, I'm a Buckeyes fan. You can see my stuff behind here. I'm, they call me the Boise Buckeye, but I still have a massive respect for everybody over in the sec. Like, of course, like I understand what it's like to compete at the high level. And I, and I have a massive respect for those like yourself who can, you're going through high school, Rodarius, you're you're competing at a high level. Um, come senior year, you're about to to commit over to to go into your college realm, and you got some news uh, from the story. It shows, you know, you you had received some news, and I would like to kind of hear your um, story there. Like, how did you see this news coming? And can you tell the audience like what happened as you guys were getting ready to prepare to go to college, and how that kind of put a little bit of a I wouldn't necessarily say a fork in it but it kind of did it kind of stopped you for a minute um because life changed drastically so would you mind talking to us about what happened in 2016 and uh giving us some details there yes sir for sure uh pretty much uh i signed uh you know my letter of intent to uh come to auburn university 
and I uh, I'm sorry, my dog's in the way, but I signed my letter. To, um, I actually you know signed my papers to come to Auburn, and then two weeks later, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, my dad, I was actually at an All Star game down in Daytona, Florida, the offense defense game, and um, I had a knot behind my ear. And my dad, you know, he saw it started to grow. I had the knot my whole life. And, you know, my barber used to tell me they might want to get it checked out. And I got it checked out. And pretty much they told me that if it doesn't bother you, don't bother it. And uh, I guess I came back from a game in Daytona. And my dad noticed that the knot had grew. And uh, so he was like, we want to just get it checked out, go see some people. And, uh, we, you know, we didn't think nothing of cancer. Uh, that's what it came out to be, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, uh, you know, that kind of hit me hard. I was like, you know, just everything just kind of paused for a minute. And I was just shocked and, you know, just in disbelief that, you know, why why me? And, um, I, you know, just talk with my parents. And pretty much I just, you know, we came together. We sat there and, you know, we had to discuss, like, chemo, chemo treatments and things like that. And, uh Pretty much just, you know, I wanted to attack it head on. I couldn't, you know, I had to beat it. Uh, I had a lot of people depending on me, and it's just how, you know, I view my everyday life. Man, so you're, you know, young uh, when that happened. And yes, I would sir. imagine, I mean, people are saying, like, you're an athlete, so you're, you're healthy in the sense of, like, yeah, you've been athletic. You've been – you you're active. <laughs> like, you, you've been taking care of this, and you did not see it coming. I, and, and you said that you had a lot of people – you know, depending on you, I want to know a little bit more about like, so having lost a father-in-law to cancer just in the last year, I never really understood cancer. You hear about it all the time and people get it. And it's kind of one of those topics that everyone just is like, oh, that's cancer. But until it actually hits you personally in some form or fashion, then you really see the effect that it can have on someone. I, I watched how difficult it was for my father-in-law, for example, to go through chemo treatments and what that did to his body. I didn't realize how hard that is on someone's body. So I want to know, you know, from you being an active, you know, bigger athletic guy. Now, all of a sudden your focus isn't on the football field. Your focus is for your life. What, uh, what was the chemo treatments like and how did you get through? Did you talk to anybody? Were there anybody <clears throat> like any mentors there to kind of help you out that had maybe been through it before? Yeah. Okay. Um, pretty much. I, like I said, I sat down with my family. We talked about it and, we met with the doctors and, you know, we decided that we we're going to do chemotherapy. I started chemotherapy literally the next week. I, uh, I did chemo. I did, a I did chemotherapy for a total of nine months, but the way it was set up, I did it every other week for, uh, you know, basically, you know, I did a certain amount of rounds and then I had to get a check, you know, to see, where the progression was. And um, after my first round of chemo, my uh, my cancer actually started to become immune to the medicines. So like it went from a 10 to a five. And um, like I said, we kind of got stuck because like I said, it became immune to the uh, treatments. And uh, so that kind of set, you know, set me back a little more than I wanted it to. And, like I said, I saw the progression from ten to five, and then, like I said, we came to a, <clears throat> we came to that, you know, that that breaking the rule, and just uh, we had, you know, got that with the doctors, and they came up with another version of the treatment. I uh, started another round of chemo, and then 
in November, my doctors called me and said I was cancer free. And uh, just pretty much the chemo, what a lot of people don't understand is that it attacks, you know, yeah, you have some, you know, certain people that, you know, it doesn't affect them a lot. And then you have certain people that, like, for me, for example, I, uh, chemo, like, I, I couldn't do anything, really. Like, my body was just so weak and just tired from being, because I would have chemo from, like, 7.30 in the morning all the way until, like, 4 or 5 in the afternoon, just hooked to a machine and just letting the medicine run its course. And after that, I, you know, went home and, I just stayed in bed for like three days. And I just, I mean, I just couldn't really do anything. My family, you know, they were there for me, uh, helped me get through it. And like I said, it's, it's really hard, man. Just, you know, I'm glad I had a strong corner and people behind me to help me get through it. And uh, like I, said, I just appreciate them. Uh, after I you know, was cancer free in November, I actually had to, continue doing treatments, you know, just to make sure it, it was gone. And uh, then I had to do a round of radiation and, you know, the whole month of December, every day, every day other than Saturdays, I was at the cancer facility doing radiation every day. Uh, that kind of made me, you know, growing up, I was 18 years old going through this. And the only the, you know, my main question to the doctors were where I was I gonna lose my hair and with my hair come back and you know like I said you can see now I have a full face of hair and the only thing that uh, radiation kind of messed up for me was like my uh, my left side of my head and my beard kind of I don't know if you can tell like it's kind of like uneven a little bit but um, that kind of just messed up the way my hair grows and like this side of my mouth it doesn't really produce saliva so I have to you know try to keep something in my mouth like gum or you know like just water stuff like that and uh that's pretty much my journey man I thank God every day that's you know just being here man that is absolutely insane again you're you're a younger guy and you had to I mean you were forced to basically grow up quickly um and what this kind of reminds me of, everyone's situation is completely different and unique when it comes to going through treatments, from my understanding now. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers running back James Conner had a book called Fear is a Choice. I read that book, and he 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 was talking about what when you were discussing, like, you know, I mean, you're you're an active guy. You're young and, you know, strong, athletic. But then he said something similar to the the situation of, like, when he was doing his chemo treatments, it it worked him because um, they're literally pumping poison into your body for an extended period of time. And so like he couldn't like, I mean, he was out too and he was a running back at the highest level. So mm. hearing you talk about that too, it kind of reminds me of that. Like I want people to realize like there is a battle that you have to go through and I'm sure it's just as an, not just a physical battle, but an emotional and a mental battle for you. Was there ever times Bradarius, where you were sitting there saying, Hey, I'm never going to play football again. And, and, and how did you get through the mental blocks you you referenced you alluded to the 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 fact that you had great people in your corner, great family support, uh, friendship support, and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious, is there any advice you'd give to somebody who might be going through a similar struggle as you, who thinks like, "Hey, I, my career's over. I'm not even sure if I'm going to live. How do I get through this? Like, how did you get through day to day?" Um, pretty much, I just uh, like I said, it was it was a long journey, man. I, I had a, like I said, I had a lot of people in my corner. Um, and I want to give, you know, credits, not credit, but, you know, I want to thank 
Eric Berry, uh, he actually, you know, reached out to me and, you know, he helped me out with things I may need it and just advice. Like, he, he he just opened it up for me to ask any questions. And, you know, that kind of helped me. And well, it did help me, not kind of. It helped me a lot. And just, you know, told me to fight, man. And, you know, this is not the end. Football can wait. Right now, you just need to worry about your life. And uh, that, that helped me a lot. And just knowing what my family, you know, was sacrificing for me. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Just like I said, knowing what they were sacrificing for me kind of helped me. Uh, just, you know, it was an everyday process. It, you know, it was nights. I was just scared to go to sleep, you know, just afraid of the out, you know, what could happen. Uh, you know, the advice I would give to people is just keep fighting, man. And, uh, you know, God has a plan for everyone. And, you know, he helped me get through mine. And, you know, I, like I said, I thank God every day. And uh, just, you know, just keep fighting. And, I, you know, the battle. I know it's not easy, but you know, uh, you know, just just keep battling, man. And eventually, you know, football. Like I said, football can wait. Uh, it's just a game. Uh, you know, take care of what you need to take care of. You know, when you say that's interesting. You know, it's it truly is just a game. It gives you a different perspective on it. I'm sure, like having uh, like your perspective on football prior to the cancer diagnosis, and then after. I'm sure is a little bit different. I, I bet uh, your perspective on it's. Uh, just a tad different. Now, you, now you're blessed to be playing a game that, you know, at a high level that for that matter, that for a period of time, you weren't sure you were ever going to play again. But I want to know, you know, after you were cleared, you know, and you started getting back at it, um, how long before you felt strong enough and, and confident enough to go out there, suit up and get back to the field? And, and how did that transition work to getting back to the college game and being back playing the game that you love? Uh, that was, uh, I'm not gonna lie. That was uh, normally, you know, when you when you have cancer, a lot of people say you lose weight, but actually, in my case, I gained weight. I oh, put wow. on like, yeah, I put on like maybe 30 to 40 pounds. So when I showed up to Auburn, I was like 358, three, almost basically 360. And uh, so my, you know, it took a while for me to, you know, drop weight. Well. I, I won't say it took a while, but I was, you know, I kind of, I dropped to 3:30 quick, just getting back active because I took a whole year off, so I didn't do anything. And then when I got here, you know, just getting back active, I dropped to 3:30 quick, and then I just kind of got stuck at 3:30 for a while. And uh, you know, just the coaches and everything just believing in me and helping me out, and you know, I dropped to like three, um, probably like 3:15, three. I was really, I was 3:12. I think 315 was like my actual weight. And uh, I know the transition is definitely not easy. Uh, it's a day-to-day process. You just got to believe in, uh, what the coaches are telling you. And, you know, just be willing to do a little extra on your own. And, uh, yeah. So when you got out there, it's actually really cool, by the way, just like hearing how, you know, you got to go out there. You got to get back to being active. And that's this. I mean, especially after cancer diagnosis, not only were you not active, but you, you know, you went through a pretty extensive year of treatment. So your body has gone through a lot. You got to get back into shape. Um, mm-hmm. Also very interesting that you gained weight. Like that's, that's super intriguing um, how that worked, but you ultimately did it. Um, you got to the point where you could play um, and you've gone through some life experiences that a lot of people at your age probably haven't gone through. And um, they pray that they never have to, but you've gone through a lot of things that have, you know, shaped you to who you are. Um, first question I have, before we get to the next piece is when you finally were able to get on the field, 
what were the feelings there? Like, did you feel like, okay, like, did you get this, was it a sense of, you know, satisfaction of like, Hey, we're, we're here now, or just tell tell me what it was like as you finally were able to get on the field and get some game reps for that matter. A couple of years into your stand over here. Yes. Sir. Uh, like I said, it was a blessing, man. Just to, you know, be back on the field and be able to dress out with my teammates and, like I said, I just thank the Lord for that. And I was really grateful, you know, just for the coaches uh, believing in me. And, you know, still, uh, like I said, coach, like when I did get diagnosed, they called me and told me, uh, you know, I didn't have to worry about my scholarship. I was still having to, you know, get healthy. And that kind of helped me, you know, that helped me throughout the process. But uh, when I got, got my chance to just get on the field, man, I just, I embraced it and, you know, I didn't have the role that I wanted, you know, coming there as a freshman. But, you know, I, I guess I just – I was thankful to be there, man. And I just – I really appreciate the coaches for that. And, like I say, just being able to learn from the veterans that were there and, uh, you know, just help me in my game today. Like I, said, I still have things I need to work on. But just being able to watch the, you know, the, you know, the older players come through and just learn from them. And, like I said, I'm just thankful. That's awesome, man. You know – from your story, bro, Darius, it, you know, you had some peaks and valleys, right? Obviously that's, I always tell people peaks and valleys. That's actually part of sports peaks and valleys. You got great games, bad games, life peaks and valleys. But if you don't have peaks and valleys, then you have a flat line and a flat line in the medical terminology is, it means your, your heart stopped, you're dead. So it's good to have peaks and valleys. You need those to keep everything rolling. But, uh, it sounds like you had like, you know, the cancer diagnosis brought you down. You got back up to football, but obviously there's going to be more of those dips and in your life, you struggle with something and somebody myself, it's kind of hard for me to talk about it, but you know, I have children of my own, uh, 32 years old right now. I got two kids, a third on the way and right. you, you battle with a tragedy. Um, and I don't want to necessarily dive too deep into it, but it is part of your story and it is part mm -hmm. of what connected me to your story. You, you lost a child and I mm -hmm. want to know, man, like how in the world someone like you who has gone through so much and overcome so much was able to overcome that yet another struggle that the Lord was providing you to deal with. Um, and I want to know how like you could inspire others here to, to go through something that might have to deal with something similar to you. Um, yes. Uh, I, like I said, I lost my son, uh, Carter in February. He was born in November. Uh, like I say that, uh, when that happened, I just kind of, I had to sit to myself for me and my wife, uh, Kayla, we had to sit down and I just, you know, I just asked God why, like, why are you putting me through, you know, all these tough battles? Um, I try to do everything right, you know, and I, like I said, I, that's the only question I had. I was just like, why me? Um, and like I said, I came to realize that, you know, God gives his toughest battles to his toughest warriors and, that's just how I try to live my life. And like I said, having my my wife in my corner, man, it, it helped me a lot. She she's a strong woman, man. I like I said, without her, I probably wouldn't have got through that. You know, my family too. But just watching how she actually moved through it and how she I don't want to say embraced it, but you know, she just she helped me a lot. You know, get through it. And my teammates, man, they would you know there for me. All the text messages. My uh, O-line brothers, all of them came to see me and sat down with me at my house, even though, you know, they didn't have to do that, but they did. And just seeing how much support I had 
uh, I think I stayed out for like a, you know a week and a half, two weeks, and then I got back into it. I just kind of want to <clears throat> be there for them, and uh, you know just show them that you know I'm still here and I'm going through something, but you know I want to be here for you guys, and that's just pretty much how it happened, man. I just had to get back on the field and you know try to get back or get back focused. And like I said, my wife, I want to give. Man, uh, behind every good man is a fantastic woman. I am a big believer in that. My wife is a rock star. Your wife is obviously a rock star. That is something that, you know, I pray that nobody has to go through. But when I read that, like I said before, um, part of your story, which that was another piece I didn't have any clue about. um, I that rocked me. That rocked me a lot because I have two young boys and a, a third child on the way. And it's like, that's a fear that all parents have. And it's it's the the unbelievable, unfortunate uh, situations that we go through like that. And I don't even know how. Like I can't fathom going through that. But hearing from you and just seeing how you went through it, how your wife went through it, and how you guys supported each other is super inspiring. Um, it's just unbelievable how much you've been able to overcome. And the example that you are to other people, not just your teammates, but people out here, like you're inspiring me. I'm over here in Boise, Idaho, 32 years old. You've never met me before, but you've inspired me, which will then inspire a lot of people here on this podcast. Listen to this show. It's it's incredible what you know. I, I always say the Lord's playing chess, not checkers. The God Himself is playing a chess game. He's putting people in the right places at the right time, even though we might not fully understand why. But He's looking three steps ahead to call checkmate eventually. So um, I fully believe that. Listening to your story right here, I fully believe that. Now there is a brotherhood aspect to to sports, especially football. I'm sure, like you said, you you experience that. You got a lot of support from your teammates. Um, what does brotherhood mean to you, uh, Bro Darius? And what is what is the uh, brotherhood feel that you get um, with your teammates on the field um, in regards to just being out there? Like, what does that mean to you? Man, it means a lot to me. Just you know, being able to uh, be around my brothers, you know, talk about anything and be there for each other, be there for each other when we need each other. And just you know, knowing he has my back and I has he, I have his the same way. That's just how I, you know, I view brotherhood and. Um, you know, we kind of have a close bond and uh, just, you know, like I said, basically a brother's keeper and, you know, try to be there when you can for him and just, you know, support him in any way you can. Uh, that's just how I do brotherhood. Yeah, man. It's cool. It's cool. I don't think people fully realize if they haven't competed in sports before, <laughs> but like those who do and who are listening to the show will understand, like, especially in football, uh, when you're in the trenches all the time and yeah, there people will be like, well, I got his back. He's got mine. And some people will be like, well, that's a little dramatic. Don't you think it is? No. Like when you go out there, it's a physical game. It's a very physical game. And you guys, what people don't see is what goes on behind the scenes. Y'all are in practices puking. Y'all are in practices running in the heat. You, you know, you want to hit your coaches probably throughout your whole life. Cause they, they piss you off from time to time. You know, I've been there myself, but you go through all these things together, which even your wife and I, and I'm saying this with all respect, you know, like my wife doesn't know too. Like they'll never know your wife, your mom, your dad, they don't know what goes on in the sports world when you're with your, your brothers and for the sisters, when you're sorry for the girls with your sisters, you know, you're, you're in there with your team. There's a, a competitive relationship that you, that's a competitive bond that you, you, you connect with and, and that you have that's for life. It's, it's, it's something that's special because you don't have that with everybody else. And that's why it's cool to hear from you, man. Now for Darius, I want to know after overcoming all these things, What's the biggest piece of life ad, uh, advice you would give to anybody, whether that's in football or in life, period? What would be your biggest piece of advice from what you've experienced so far at a relatively young age? Uh, my biggest piece of advice, man, is, you know, don't take anything for advantage. 
because uh, like like I said, my life changed in a split second, and you know that you know just changed my whole life. So it's pretty much you know value, um, you know your, your peers, your family, and like I said, just don't take anything for advantage, man. Because at the end of the day, it could be gone, or like I say, your life can change in a split second. So just you know try to value everything. I dig that. Now. Your senior. I want to know what first. First, I want to ask about your goals. What is your ultimate goal? What should what, what should we expect to see from Rodarius Ham? Not only your senior year, but moving forward. Do you have plans to play at the next level, or do you have goals outside of football that you want to accomplish? But what should we expect to see from you in the next year to three years? Uh, the next, like, you know, I want to be my. You know, my goal is to get to the next level. But you know, we got to take care of business here first, and uh, just. You know, like I got a lot to work on in my game. Uh, you know, nothing is perfect. Uh, like I said, I'm working on every aspect I can, and uh, just you know, learning more about the game. I feel like my coaches, my coach Fran, he's he's taught me so much since I, you know, just in his little time of being here, and uh, him, him, Coach Simmons, just you know, just the little things, the details. And I feel like uh, once I put all those together, I'd be I'd be you know, pretty good. And uh, like I said, my brothers, we we, we grind it every day, uh, and just pretty much for me, man, we we want to win the SEC championship. You know, get to the national championship, and you know, we want to go from there. You got the pieces to do it. Uh, a new coach, new then all the pieces around. It's like you've got the pieces, and I, and and I look forward to seeing that too. Um, I do root for you guys out of the SEC. Like I said, I'm a Buckeyes fan, but uh, out of the SEC, Auburn is one of the very few schools I actually root for. Um, and now I've got uh, I got more ties to it now because uh, I've been able to speak to you and I obviously know who Coach Harson is and spoken to him a, a handful of times. I do want to know uh, what a, a normal day looks like for you in the offseason, bro, Darius, like lifting schedule and whatnot before camp starts. This is before camp. What's a normal day look like for you in the offseason? Um, a normal day for me would be um, I wake up at 5 o'clock, I go to treatment from 6 to probably about 6.45, because, uh, you know, I, I work out at 7, so I work out from 7 to, like, 8.30 maybe, and then at 8.30, we uh, transition from uh, workouts to player run practice. Player run practice goes from like nine fifteen to uh about, about an hour, nine fifteen to ten fifteen. Uh after player run practice, I go back and get a little more treatment, you know, get in the cold tubs, and then I'm pretty much done for the day. But you know, I come home and I watch film and just you know, just study my playbook and try to, you know, at, at the end of the day I enjoy my daughter and my wife. So yeah, I just I dig that. That's a lot. Like, I just want people to realize if you're playing at the next level, you better be a morning person or figure out how to be one. Cause you're, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not staying out to the wee hours of the morning every night. Like, no, like a lot sure. of college kids want to be doing. Uh, but yeah. you, you also have a wife and kids. So you, you know, you know what, you know, what's uh, important. You got, you got the, the things in, in life that you value. So you guys, we're going to be looking for Auburn to, to win an SEC championship. Um, looks like you guys got the pieces. You're there. Uh, we're going to be rooting you on, Bradarius, and hopefully we'll see you like as you continue to take care of business, like you said. Hopefully we'll see you at the next level as well as you continue to, to overcome obstacles and inspire others. But I just want to say thanks, man, for your time and for joining me for this interview. And uh, I just look forward to seeing your journey, man. 
Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, brother. And for all those listening, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share this with your friends and family. We'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.